are we doing? Fabulous. I'm Stevie. I'm Sydney. And you're listening to You Talking to Me. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. So it's a fun, uh, fun little episode. Is um, it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not fun. We're doing television today, um, which is a little out of the box for us. We make comments and uh, say a couple things about some TVs, uh, TV shows, some TVs. <laughs> Samsung that, has a great one. Yeah, yeah. Tobisha, <laughs> that's outdated. Yeah. Is that how you say Tobisha? that? Tobisha? 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 Ah, shit. I could I, I could have picked anything. Like, I could have picked... Toshiba. A, Toshiba, that's what it is. I, should, I, was I like, bought it is? I know, though. I was like, Vizio, I could have, I, I could have done LG. anything. I know, but I decided to go with that. The Japanese. Okay. Well, we're talking about TV one. shows. We're talking about, in particular, one TV show. It is season one of The Handmaid's Tale. Oof. Lord. Yeah. Well, like, like we're going to get into that, and obviously we're going to go on a rampage, and that is all we're talking about today, and as much as I'd like to say that's all we're talking about, it is going to be a trial and tribulation, let me tell you. you so, trust me, if this is a shorter episode, you're going to want it to be a shorter yeah, episode. Yeah, absolutely. This is not an easy season of TV to get through. No, it, but it is and it isn't. I'll say all those things. Getting into that in a second, um, we are going to talk about... New TV shows we are interested in, invested in, and watching right now. Uh, you want to get us a head start there, Sid? Yes. So, of late, um, probably about a month now, I decided, hey, I'm going to binge watch West Wing. And so I have four episodes left. <laughs> yeah. I, I had never seen... Was that seven seasons? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I had never seen any episode of West Wing when it had aired. Obviously, I was four when it started, and... 11 when it ended, so I was far too young to understand the gravity of the things they're talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. So I decided I'm going to jump in headfirst into this. And I'm going to tell you, obviously everyone knows West Wing is created by Aaron Sorkin and first four seasons are written by him. Last three, obviously, you know, you're, when you're dealing, I feel like when you're dealing with a writer like Aaron Sorkin, like, he's so amazing as a writer, so when you don't have him anymore, like, you realize it, but it's not enough of a realization to take you out of it. Like, you're still into the story, you're still into everything that's going on, and it's not like the dialogue or the plots have diminished, it's just different. Okay, yeah, and I I know that um, I want to watch West Wing, and I I don't want you to give anything away, I want to talk about it, I want to get invested in it. Um, And we're starting a new thing where we watch, like, we'll binge watch a show together, um, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, and we have a couple in mind, but we're gonna. I think we're gonna do Netflix's uh, Mind Hunter next, as we just did a Hulu series. Um, right. So kind of, kind of gonna go across the board. We also um, have done Big Little Lies was a mini series, but that's HBO. So we're gonna have to do a Showtime show and stars. Uh, Masters of Sex. I heard that's actually a really great show. I heard it is too. There's so many good things. I haven't seen all of Shameless. Or Ray yeah. Donovan, and I've heard they're both really good. So. My friend's dad is actually a producer on Ray Donovan, and I didn't know that until later this year, and I was like, hmm. Yeah, hey. take note in that. Um, scribble, scribble. No, for sure. And obviously, like, we watched The Handmaid's Tale together, but um, I think the show I'm watching, uh, I just, what did I just wrap? I'm trying to think of what show I just wrapped. I know I just started Grace and Frankie with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, and that's really good. And that um, ties in together with West Wing nicely because of Martin Sheen. Yeah. Jed Bartlett, baby. I love it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Jed Bartlett. President I love, Bartlett. I love that it's not, like, Sam Waterstone or whatever is his Sam name. Sam Seaborn? 
Is his name Sam Seaborn? Mm-hmm. No way. That great alliteration. What, you're looking it up? Yeah, you don't I don't believe buy me? it. Okay, Sam Seaborn. The the winner of West Wing by far is Bradley Whitford's character of Josh Lyman. Um, great. Everything about that. I'm obsessed with Bradley Whitford now. Oh, Sam Watterson. What are you looking at? Yeah, what do you mean what am I looking at? That's the actor's name. Oh, I was talking about Sam Seaborn, the character. Who the fuck Sam Seaborn? Rob Lowe. That is not, nobody, I'm not gonna, what are you talking I about? I thought you were back on. Why did you bring him up when you said, when you said Charlie, when you said Martin Sheen's name? Yeah. And then right away you said that, Rob Lowe's next Because name. I, because we had said President Bartlett and then you're like, uh, Sam, whatever. And I was like, it's Sam Seaborn from West Wing. Because we were talking saying, about President Bartlett. Oh my god, no, I thought you were like referencing, I was like, no, Sam Watterson is the guy who's the character. I'm like, is he on West Wing too? Law and Order? <laughs> I don't even know him Okay, no, we were talking about two entirely different people in which I we're both right. anymore. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I guess watch some TV. Let's get into Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale season one. Season two is coming out April 2018. No. It's coming out April 2018, so we have some months beforehand. But we're going to get into this because, uh, let's just say Steve and I had to take a little bit of a hiatus after the pilot episode of Handmaid's Tale. It did, it did not go well it's for us. It's rough shit. It's rough shit. Um, basically, if you haven't looked or read the book, which I haven't, so I don't know how similar or not it is. Really, this feels more of like a 1984 George Orwell type of deal. That's interesting. Um, Just a dystopian society, and it, you know, obviously, if you haven't seen the show and you plan on it, don't listen to this episode, because we're going to go through the entire season one. Yeah. Um, so spoilers, but, uh, basically, this new society has taken over America, And this new government has been set in place. And women are basically separated into different categories. Um, You have, like, these people, these women who wear teal. And they're, like, the wives of the commanders. Um, You have people in, like, this brownish-gray ugly color. And they are basically housemaids. Like, basically Alice Brady is what they are. They kind of just cook and clean and they chill. But yeah, they're not but there like, by choice. Yeah, <laughs> but like they don't have a, a refrigerator man to be in love with and stuff. Sam. Sam. Another Sam. Another Sam. Sam. Sam it. There it is. Um, and then you have women who are dressed in red and they're called handmaids, um, which is what Elizabeth Moss is in this show. And basically what ends up happening is these women get raped on a monthly basis to have... Um, the children of these commanders. Yeah, which I always thought, just right off the bat, like, how they pick these commanders, like, makes no sense. It's just, like, the guys were in the right place at the right time and said the right things. I kind of feel like what it is... Because there's only, like, nine men in that whole district that are commanders. Right. Well, you know how, um, in that one episode, I don't remember which one it is now, they're all blending together, but the one episode where you're seeing Commander Joe, who, his name is Fred, but it's played by Joseph Fiennes, and we... I just keep calling him Commander Joe. I'm so <laughs> fancy on Commander Joe, so we call him Commander Joe, not Fred. But in that one episode, Commander Joe and his wife, we learn their backstory, and it's like the commanders are the ones that help set up the government. So it, it kind of seems like if you were con- to compare it to American standards... But it was like, exactly, it's like if you were in the right place at the right time when right. this thing hit... 
your yeah. commander. Right. That was all it was. Or or anyone, I think, yeah, for some of them, and then for Commander Joe, it, they made it seem like he was one of the people that kind of formulated the plan of this new society. Yeah, which is, it seems like it's him and his wife, but his, but women do not have power of that caliber. And right. so all of a sudden a woman who's extremely successful um, and has put together this whole ideal, um, which I think what ends up happening is all the smarts are behind the woman, and then Commander Joe comes in and takes all of her paperwork and does all that shit. Yeah. And basically is like, oh, they don't want you, they want me. And I don't think he believes in any of it. I think she believes in all of it. I think so, too. And, and I, think, I think the best way for us to talk about this, and, and tell me if you agree, and then we can decide how we want to tackle this. Um, do you want to go episode by episode in that chronology? Chron- I mean, chronology? I don't know that we can break it down in, in thought, but, like, like because I think in, it's too hard to right. kind of go, like, oh, wait, that was episode eight. I think, right. like, we kind of just have to make our way through chronologically, though. Okay. So, like, we're introduced right away um, to, like, our main character, um, which was played by Elizabeth Moss, and her name is Offred, which is, like, all of these women are named off of a like, the the first name of the commander of the house that they are representing. Right. And so very quickly, it's, like, it's it's off, like, off Fred. There we go. Put that right. together. Break down some words. Or, like, someone else's, their off commander. Warren. Yeah. Warren so is his name. Yeah. So basically, um, we, we find this society very quickly, We and we're also seeing the side story flashbacks of how um, our lead woman has, like, basically was, had her own life, had a husband, had a daughter, and very quickly the the tables have turned in the society and they must escape. Right. Um, and a best friend, which is worth noting because yeah. the best friend Moira does play actually a pretty big role later on in the season. Yeah, so you kind of see the setup of her whole life on one end of the story and the other end is the present day of what's going on in, in the household. Right. And so she gets, you know, like they're getting chased basically and she's running with her daughter. Um, and the people catch up to them. Um, and she hears gunshots, um, and, you know, believes her husband has died. Um, and basically is running down this mountain, and they take her daughter, and they take her, and immediately put her, uh, in this place with a bunch of other women. Right. Uh, what ends up happening is, what's interesting about how they shoot this, uh, series is that you're seeing present day and at first you don't know how many years displaced is the normal everyday society versus this new society so it's kind of disorienting but you go from the present day shitty society to a lot of flashbacks and so you're kind of seeing um things that pertain to what Offred slash we find out her name is june uh, what she's going through. Which I'm cool if we just refer to her as June, because I hate Offred. I like, know, I and hate, I think it's that's so... That's not her name. That's, yeah, you know, it's, it's a very strange... It's this, like, weird given name, and yeah, no. I think June it is. June. All right, so... Uh, I I, I want to say this because it's, it's going to keep coming in my mind, and I'm not going to be able to move on. Like, anim- like uh, 1984, the big thing in that is, like, that introduced the idea of Big Brother which is like someone is always watching you. And I thought that was interesting that this is based off of a book called The Handmaid's Tale when they bring up something called, in this 
in the TV series, they bring up the eyes, which I don't know if that's a thing in the novel, but it's interesting that they call them the eyes, and whenever they're talking and they're leaving a conversation, they say, under his eye. It, it gives off that feeling of you're always being watched. The government is always watching that's you. That's interesting. You have no privacy to what The under his eye is. comment's kind of strange because the representation is that this, this society is broken up into pieces. Then there are... You know, the, the children and the wives of the commanders, the commanders, the handmaids, the, the drivers, the cooks, the, the prostitute gypsy women. Right. And what's interesting about this is that it's all represented under the idea that God is uh, watching us and God is in charge of this and, and we're doing this for God. Um, and what's weird is the under his eye thing, well... Is it under God's eye, or is it under the society's eye? And who's controlling the eye? Because they have no, there's no control. Like, you see the commanders, they all have, like, certain power. Right. But then they're still trying to walk around this eye. Right. And do scandalous things. And to clarify the... What we mean by the eye or the eyes is... a bunch of men. There's basically spies throughout that are basically planted throughout the society and they kind of report back to a higher power. So, um, June, the house she lives in with Commander Joe and Commander Joe's wife, their driver, Nick, is an eye. So he reports back. So this and like... Like, that has watched the show, and is like, why do they keep, like, I know they mentioned Commander Joe because it's Joseph Fiennes, like, we call him Commander Joe, but, like, they'll be like, that's not his name, and then it's just, like, gonna be a nightmare. Second. But, yeah. Um, so the eyes report back to some higher being, and at this point, we don't know who they report back to. We, you know, we're left to believe that they work synonymously with the government, but... I mean, the way they kind of set it up, they could also be working with the resistance and trying to shelter yeah, down. Yeah, we we have resistance. no idea. Like, we can't tell if the eye is for the 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 bad guys or the good guys. There's no representation. It's just like a big SWAT team of people right. constantly with machine guns, and within that, there are some people that are part of of the eye. Right. Something bigger. Something that's being pulled, which is very interesting. And so, like, in the house, you have Nick, the driver. Um, you have Rita, who plays the the, the cook. maid yeah. cook, um, and then you have Serena Joy, which is the wife, mm-hmm. um, and then Fred Waterford, Commander Joe, is Commander what we Joe. call. Yes. Um, and then you have June, and so it's very weird. Um, these handmaids basically get trained by being pushed around like animals with cattle prods, um, and they get tagged and they get um, just basically trained to see things a certain way and yeah. obey. Right. Um, and they're trained by a woman named Aunt Lydia. And Aunt Lydia is the biggest fucking bitch in the world. She really is. And I think it's worth noting that it seems to me that part of the reason why this society became a thing is because um, around the world, and this is not just something that was happening in America, and so America's society changed, although it is the only one that we know of within season one, it's the only country that has adopted this sort of society. Everyone else is kind of living, you know, Canada's still Canada and happy and, you know, charming as fuck. But um, it's worth noting that it seems like America adopted this society because having children was becoming incredibly hard to do and a lot of babies were 
um, Which, not surviving. There's an argument in this because this society and what we'll soon pretty much show is that nobody's happy and nobody wins in this society. Right. But there's children. I mean, that's the argument. Is it's like people are going well. I mean, at least I mean, we're there are happy. very few at least, groups of humans that are quote unquote happy in this. Yeah, but survival. but my point yeah. is like Canada and Mexico and, and as far as we know, the world has yeah. no children. But at least we're we're, at least we're, we're not free. slaves. Yeah. yeah, at least we're not slaves. And um, which is an interesting note on yeah. that because in one of the episodes. Uh, ambassador to Mexico comes by and she's talking with Commander Joe about potentially having a trade agreement with the United States. And at first, you know, because we are modern day Americans and we have free trade for the most part with many countries. Was that fair? Yes. We, um, we, when you think, oh, they're doing a trade act with Mexico, okay, trading sugar. Yeah, candy, yeah, gas, oil, yeah, something. anything. Nope. What you find out is that Mexico, the ambassador to Mexico, has basically come to see a congregation of the handmaids and the children they've produced. And Commander Joe is leading this effort for them to trade handmaids, so Mexico can have functioning. Yeah, yeah, basically to, to have fertility in yeah, that and, country. And, and what's what I question is like obviously when June hears us, she's like, "You're trading, you're trading humans. Like this is slavery, all this stuff." And I see her point. That is a, obviously a valid point. Now, is Mexico adopting the entire society, or are they just adopting the handmade po- portion of the society? I think they're just adopting the handmade portion because then that begs the question. Like maybe not for June because she's so set on finding her husband and her daughter. Like, why wouldn't you want to be traded then to Mexico, where maybe well, it's not your home country, but, but you still would be forced to do all these things, and you would not be free still. They're they're still then going to be property, and they're still going to be slaves, whether or not they live in a world where the whole world abides by that, they are going to be slaves. You don't think that even though they would be considered property, it would still be like, okay, maybe you're considered property, but you also, like, can drive a car, or you can do this. Because or... what would stop somebody from leaving? That's true. Okay, fair enough. Because I think no matter I... what, they'd basically just be still chained and shackled. You yeah. Know what I mean? And this is, this is a to. rough life. That's what I mean. It's a rough life, and you you continue to see June's life more evolved and the love that she has for her husband um, and her kid. And her ultimate way, like, like reason to live is to find her daughter. Her daughter. Um, and so in the midst of this show, she sees the opportunity um, to get, you know, Commander Joe's interests. And, right. And Commander Joe, as we found out, um, had a relationship with his last handmaid. Um, and I think our assumption is that he had made her kind of believe that this was more than just work. I, you know, like, I think so. And But then I'm also, I'm also seeing that we later find out that the poor chick, what is her name? The poor chick that had the baby. Yeah, that's the un- uh, Warren one. Off oh, yeah. Warren, yeah. off Daniels is what she ends up Yes. Being. So, uh, this poor girl has no eyeball. Janine, right? Yes. Okay. Madeline Brewer. Yeah. Um, what ends up happening is her commander, after she had this commander and his wife's baby... Um, the commander made her believe that he was in love with her 
and he was going to escape with her, and they, the three of them, the ba- Janine, yeah, Janine the, the baby, and the, the commander, commander, would be a happy family. Um, Janine sucked a dick for that promise. Uh, <laughs> not, not the, not, let me say this. <laughs> I'm gonna say, girls have sucked a dick for less. That's true. Okay. All right. So, it's not that bad of a promise. I, I will say, as fucked up as this is, like, we find out that Commander Joe is kind of giving the Doing impression the to Dune. And maybe she's not, maybe he's not saying, I'll get you out of here, but maybe he's promising he's giving, her an easier go. He's the, yeah, time. he's giving her comfortability and safety um, as far as he can give. And right. what ends up happening is they slowly start hanging out and playing Scrabble. Um, and that becomes kind of where they have their double entendres and sexual innuendo between each other. And, um, and he's basically doing it because, one, it seems as though they can't have sex with their wives in the society. And the second note is it seems as though, um, he needs to have some sort of connection with this woman for him to be able to, like, produce offspring. Right. Um, what ends up happening is, so they, they call it every month when they go to rape these handmaids. First of all, let me tell you about this. They call let me tell you. Yeah, break down the ceremony. Okay. So the ceremony begins, basically, with the handmaid kneeling on the ground with the other house staff behind her, and in front of her is the wife and the commander. And they basically say a prayer, which I'm not very Bible literate, like, I aspire to one day to read the Bible as literature, not for necessarily any religious pointing gets out. Um, so I don't know if what they're saying is a- actually does come from the Bible or if they've adapted the King James Bible to be something else. Um, what I'll say, though, is after they do that, they commence the ceremony in which the handmaid lays on the commander's bed with the wife behind her. The handmaid's head is in between the wife's legs, the wife holds on to the handmaid's wrist, and the commander goes to town. And uh, it's interesting because before June and Commander Joe begin hanging out in his office to play Scrabble, uh, Commander Joe will not look at June during the sa- ceremony. He'll look to the side, he'll look to the ceiling. Like, he and his wife don't even look at each other, but he, his eyes are anywhere but on June. And after they begin to spend time in the office together and they you know, seem to create a more, I'm not going to say friendly relationship, but a more emotional on some spectrum relationship. Um, He actually looks at her during the ceremony, and June freaks out because if his wife sees this, she can be in big shit. But, which I love that everything that June, like, if June does this, then she's in shit, even though the husband's the one that's like... I'm fucking you, and I'm looking at you. Yeah. Even though uh, Commander Joe's a real prick with that, June gets blamed. And and the wife, Serena Joy, is really cruel to June 90% of the time. And then I think another 10%, she's kind of showing a human side to her. And we later find out in season... Midway through season one, I believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Serena Joy doesn't think Commander Joe... She doesn't think his swimmers are working. And uh, it's, she, he can't have kids. I think kids. she's right. Too. I think so too. And she takes matters in her own hands. She does. And after she, after one ceremony goes horribly awry because Commander Joe can't get hard, um, and he won't <laughs> let his wife blow him. Uh, Serena Joy basically. <laughs> I hate that name. 
Serena Joy. It's like Serena, Mary Beth or whatever. Serena Joy. I know. I hate names like that. I hate I like do. hyphenated names. I'm like, you yeah, only need I'm one. I'm not in for any of it either. Basically, the wife um, propositions Nick and says, yo, you're going to bang Joy. I mean, <laughs> Serena June. Joy. <laughs> Serena Joy. Nick's going to bang June to get June pregnant and make the commander believe that it's his kid. <coughs> Bless you. Um, so what's, you know, what ends up happening amidst the many rendezvous yeah, that I mean, Nick what, and what seems, June have? Well, what ends up happening is, one, obviously, that whole scene happens where she goes over there with the commander's wife, and they have sex, like you said, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, she comes over again, willingly, and she keeps coming over, and yeah. then all of a sudden you start realizing she's totally having feelings for this guy, yeah. or at least she's so in for the actual sex, whatever it right. is. And so that happens, and basically it's like she can't help herself; she needs it, and she and I don't know, I don't know what she. At first, I think we both thought maybe she was in for this for an angle. Right, and then because quick, he's part of the eye situation. Yeah, so if the drive, he's the driver, and he's in the house. He's an eye. She knows that. She knows she's got leverage in that. Yeah. She, there's nothing more unsafe and safe than being near an eye at this point. You know. Yeah. Um, and so what's interesting is very quickly, I I got the impression like she was in for this for her own emotional reasons. Like I think it or just at felt least for companionship. Right, I think it was more of a selfish, like, yeah, she's in just love to with feel husband, something. Yes. But he's dead. So, in you're her like, eyes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, we're gonna do spoilers. I'm with I you, mean, but, like, make your way to, like, if we're working our way through, and I've been so good about not revealing any of okay, that, I then see. you see where I'm going? Okay. So, basically, because he's of that, dead. and he's dead, she's like, I don't think she feels like I'm moving on, but I think she feels like it's okay for her to right, and have a moment, since she's been having sex anyway, unwillingly. And at this point, we found out it's been, through the flashbacks, we found out it's been about three years yeah. since she's been, been separated from them. Like, kidnapped and abducted, so she has no idea where her... Side note, um, these women, through the day, uh, they go to the grocery store, and they have, uh, a woman who's also a handmaid walk with them to the grocery store, um, and, uh, Alexis Bledel, who we know as Rory, usually... It is very um, odd. ...plays, uh... Off-Glen. Off-Glen, that's right, and, um, basically... Very quickly, they find out that they have more things in common than they thought. They're not just talking about the weather or God. Um, they start talking about real things, and they start, you know, um, June basically figures out that there's a rebellion happening. Amongst um, the handmaids, the handmaid, and that she's got her hand in something bigger than just this small little society. Which, and of the two, at this point... Um, Offglen seems to be much more involved in that, and, and June is kind of hesitant. She doesn't really know um, if she's, like, if that's okay for her. Obviously, like, I think as much as she thinks her husband is dead because she heard the shots, like, I think she's clinging on to the belief that her daughter is still alive. Yeah. And so for June, like, talking about whatever resistance or rebellion to Offglen, uh, off Glen, these Glen, off Glen. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think she's hesitant to buy into that and to really act on that because she's 
so bought into the belief that I need to be okay and I need to be good and I need to stay strong because one day this is going to end and one day I'm going to find my kid. Yeah, I that has to be the only hope you'd have in your mind. Like, right. Like, if this I is mean, me, I'd feel the same way. It is uh, interesting, the dynamic amongst the handmaids, because obviously they all come in as unwilling participants to this yeah. situation, but as they leave basically training and get separated to whatever house they're going to be assigned to, um, they really start, I think, and the society has bred the spear of each other because I don't know who you're going to tell and I don't know who you're working for. Yeah, there's for. a fear that there's no safe place. Right. Yeah. And um, so what's interesting is, like we had mentioned earlier, for most people this is a pretty unhappy society but for the people there are two groups of people that it seemed to be pretty damn good for yeah the commanders obviously doesn't really seem like any other guy in the society has a good time except for the commanders like there's guys that work at the butcher shops or whatever like they don't seem like they're having a good life nobody's like nobody has companionship nobody has anyone um you know and it's just them and then we also well, I guess I have to. We have to break Alexis Bledel's heart before I go into the other group of people Ooh, that yeah, are doing well. Probably should. Alexis Bledel. <laughs> Rory, rough. Rory, this Rory. is a rough. Rory, Rory, Rory. This is rough. This is really rough because this, like, is is emotionally draining as the pilot was. Like, Alexis Bledel's character arc in this season is so tragic. Um, basically you find out that she is a lesbian and she has a partner within the society. Um, was her partner also a handmaid or one of, like, the maids? I I have no idea. I can't tell. Okay, she has a partner, um, but because Alexis Bledel Auckland is a handmaid and handmaids are very, even though they're treated like shit, they're, they're actually held pretty highly in esteem because they are basically the only fertile women in the society. So the court decides, hey, we're not going to kill Auckland, but we're going to kill her partner. And as she's getting trucked away... That's why you know she's not fertile, actually, and that you know she's in the handmaid, because they don't just kill her to kill her. Right. So that's why I was like, maybe... But I didn't know if she was, like, in another aspect of that. Yeah, no, I think... Yeah, no. No, yeah, no. So uh, she sees her partner get hanged, and then, um, in, like, the next couple scenes, we find out a procedure has been done. That basically, when she has sex, she can still get pregnant, but will have no sexual arousal whatsoever, which makes me think they just, like, took the clitoris. I think, and I think so, too, and I think, some countries actually do do that, and they call that a female circumcision. Okay. Um... That's even. That's not even the same. Uh, I no. Okay. Yeah, no. I I, okay. I, I agree yeah. with everything you're feeling. Yeah, right now. I know. I'm angry right now with that. Um, so after Alexis Bledel, and and since that has happened, like we haven't seen her again. Like she tried to make a move on the guard to be like, "Can you get me out of this?" and tried to feel him up or something. That didn't, didn't go work well. Out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but after that. June needed a new a new shopping partner, and she got the new Off Glen. Who is the only other um, 
kind of person that might benefit from the society. Right, and she was formerly, in today's standards, a prostitute. Like, prostitute addicted to drugs, homeless on the street prostitute. Right, and like, for the reason why... No, no benefit to her life being a plus whatsoever. In the former society. Yes. So now in this one, you know, as she puts it, she's got food and a roof over her head and somewhere to sleep every night. So for her, the society is great. And what she was doing... That was in a the, weird perspective, too. And it was think, interesting, Because we hadn't I, thought about that. We yeah. were just like... This whole place sucks ass, and all of a sudden there's somebody that's benefiting from this. You know, and and it's actually a really smart concept to bring up to show the other side of it because her life is by far better than how it was in today's society. I mean, she's she was having sex unwillingly just to supply a drug habit before. Yes, and she's she's still having sober, clean, like in has a shower, has like has food, has a roof, has all of it. We're cool. I really appreciated that perspective because... I did too because I never thought about that. No, it was very interesting. Somebody benefited from this. Yeah. Shit. Which, but if you're looking to benefit the nine commanders and the prostitutes, is it really a... Yeah. Yeah, the world really got better. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as the season goes on, we start um, learning more about these characters, obviously, um, and we see that her friend Moira was also a handmaid. And Moira gets the opportunity to steal one of the ants' um, uniforms, and her and June head to the train um, that's going to eventually lead her out of the country. Yeah. Um, and in the moment of, of, you know, things getting crazy and it, and it gets intense, um, Moira gets the chance and opportunity to get on the train and leave. And she takes it, and June yeah. lets her, and she goes and... We don't know if she makes it, if she's alive, what's going on. And in the same, uh, within the same episode, basically, we find out that her husband is alive. Right. Dun, dun, dun! And then that episode ended, and the next episode was entirely with him. Which is a weird structure of an episode, I thought, but I thought it was like... It was a nice change of pace, though, Oh my god, after just seeing blood on the walls of all the people being hung, and all the punishments, and all the fucking stonings, and all the shit. Damn it. Yeah, no, it was was a nice break, because that also came pretty mid-season, and so it was nice to have that break of... Not really seeing the society at all, but rather yeah, it was this like man on the run. Seven, and, yeah, and it and just kind of gave a second. It gave a second to to breathe, and we see that he, through help from other renegade rebellious people, um, he basically gets captured. Uh, the ambulance he's in because he is injured flips over. Yeah, he's bleeding and finds his way to some renegade people, and they help him, you know, seek passage basically. Right, and on the boat ride, I guess on a channel between America and Canada, some of the policemen of the new society kill some of the renegades, but Luke manages to get on the boat and get to yeah. Canada, and he lives in little America. Yeah, in, in Canada. Yeah. Very strange. And well, I mean, I guess, like... He's hanging out with one of the friends that he met yeah. as a renegade, and um, he checks an office constantly every day to see if June, June is alive. Hannah, or Moira has yeah. made it, um, and none of them have, and he stays, and obviously, as I said... 
three years down the line, you're waiting a long goddamn time yeah. for this to happen. Yeah. So in the midst of this, at back at home, June basically gets um, an invitation from the commander that he's going to take her out somewhere special because his wife is, um, you know, off on a trip. Yes, before this happened, which we had skipped when we talked about the ambassador to Mexico, the ambassador to Mexico was like, sorry, I can't help you, even though she was a woman. True, yeah. But the ambassador's aide, once he and June were left alone, said, hey, do you want to get a note to your husband? Your husband is alive. I can get it to him in Canada. And June writes him a little note, find Hannah, I'm alive. Yeah, it's like, find Hannah, I love you. Yeah. That's all she can put in, in right. little words. And then in Luke's episode that he gets, he gets the note, he learns that his wife is alive, and I, I think he's invigorated by that idea and is dead set on finding her. Yeah. So then to Commander Joe and June's extravaganza. Yeah, so now they're aware of each other being alive, and, you know, he invites her, Joe, Joe, <laughs> Commander Joe, invites June. She's hot. You just, I swear, it's just... Okay. Okay. Commander is, Joe totally, is not hot. Okay. Joseph, Joseph Fines is, is hot. hot. Commander the Joe commander is not. Or Commander Fred. Or Commander Waterstone. Waterford. Whatever. Waterford. Sam Waterstone. Yeah. Moving on. Um, <laughs> Too much they're water. All, they're all, it's a lot of water. And anyway, not great, but Joseph yes. Fines is hot. He invites uh, his little lady friend, June, to come out with him um, on the town and kind of dress up as his wife. And, um, so Nick, the driver, is driving them to this place, and you can just tell the jealousy and enviousness and rage, and it's all, it's all building up for Nick, and he can't take it. He doesn't want to see her in this way, and I think he's really starting to feel something for this girl. Yes. And on the other end, I, I still don't know where June's at, but since June knows her husband's alive, this is purely... Um, sex and uh, companionship and a shoulder. Right. And for him, I think he might be in love with her. Right. I would agree with that. So she goes to this, like, hotel that she basically has to be smuggled into because the eye has to check all the cars and all that stuff and make sure everything's good. And I mean, well, the, the people of the society that have the guns, not the eye, because right. they're not technically the eye. Correct. Um, I don't. Right? That, which, and I'm hoping that is more That's not clarified. Established Because I, I don't think two. every one of those guys is part of the eye. I don't think I think so they're either. just, like, henchmen. Yeah. And they go to X, Y, and Z. They're like know? the police of the current family. Yeah, it they seems carry like AK-47s. that. They're security. So, um, they're mall cops with AK-47s, basically. Um, so... <laughs> Paul Blart! <laughs> Paul Blart, that's it. So, basically, from there, they go into this scandalous hotel... There's tits everywhere, smoking, drinking. There's a guy in the elevator. He's getting his, his, um, he's, he's licking a woman's arm. Wait, she doesn't have a hand. It's her nub. He's licking her nub. And you're at this point going, oh, anything goes here. It was That's really. That's what that tells me. It really anything did. Anything goes there. But it was. It this was, is where you get all I the good shit. I don't know why. But that that shot, just the way the doors opened up to see that, and and, and that seems so absurd. On her nub. It was it was perfect way to embody that. Oddly terrifying. Yeah, no, it's not great. So from there, though, man, like all of a sudden she's having drinks. 
she's sipping on a, you know, an old fashioned or whatever. Yeah, and he's she's, very impressed. Commander Joe's impressed. Ooh, that is a manly drink. Go, and she turns around, and Moira is dressed in one of these scandalous outfits as like a prostitute. Yeah. Um, and uh, there, and all of a sudden she realizes her friend didn't make it, but her friend's alive. Yeah, her friend. Uh, basically, how Commander Joe puts it to June is that these people are the people who couldn't assimilate to the new society but instead of shunning them or casting them out they've put them here where basically only the elite of the elite of this new society can go yeah it's 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 like the fanciest room in the world but in the same sense like these women are also slaves and they're also there for sex right just in a whole different way they're here for pleasure um and they're not here for fertility right and i'm just like and, I, and in the same sense, I'm like, Moira's still fertile. Like, you Which, wrap that I don't shit? know. <laughs> I'm serious. No, that makes perfect sense. I, I, I don't know. I tried to notice her ear for some reason, because you know how they tag the handmaids with the yeah. red. Um, and I, saw, to look for I saw Moira's, and I was trying to see if it was still red. Because obviously if she's oh, fertile, she's then maybe... It else. looked white, though. Which okay. was interesting. So maybe because she couldn't assimilate, they tagged her as something else. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I, I'm not sure. I couldn't tell if it was red or white based on the lighting they had That's on That's interesting. Um, it's an interesting scene because it's so intense because then all of a sudden she's like, meet me in the bathroom kind of thing. Like, she goes yeah. to the bathroom, she sees her, they have this moment, and then they're like, let's talk later. And Moira just pretty much seems like she's given up on trying. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to be here now. And, and once, and, and her like, words, quote, yeah. once my pussy wears out, they'll send me to the colonies. Which, yeah. we, don't, we know. don't know what the hell the colonies are. We are just led to believe that they are the worst of the worst, but we've never yeah, seen the colonies. Yeah, because you're picking, what do they call this place again? They call it, um, like the, the town? Or no, the, the place that, like, Gilead? No, the Jezebel. Jezebel's. Okay. Jezebel's is they where... They renamed the United States Gilead. Yeah, and okay. this is... Jezebel's is the, the, the whores, you know? And yeah. this is... this It's either this, or you go to the colonies, and we assume the colonies are worse, because you've chose Jezebel's. So, <laughs> yeah. that's the assumption. Which, and here's, here's the thought on that, is... Are the colonies worse, or is the rumor of the colonies worse? It's an idea. I, I thought about that, too. I'm not sure. Can't figure it out. All I know is that Moira's given up, and then June says, Luke's alive. And she doesn't know what to do with this information, but you, you feel as though Moira's hearing it and going, okay. Like, she doesn't do anything. Like, that, knowing he's alive is That's not going to help you survive. Yeah, you need to keep your head down. You're, you're, you're going to be shit. done. Yeah. So, what ends up getting weird, though, is, like, obviously, as we've gone through these characters, Nick continues to be in love with June. June knows her husband's alive. She wants to find her daughter. She's hoping she's alive. She wants to make it and meet meet her husband. Um, she knows Moira's at Jezebel's. She wants to keep hope in Moira. Commander Joe, still interested and invested in lust and sex and stuff with uh, June. June. Um, Serena Joy just wants a goddamn baby. And as much as we start to see she's kind of a good person, very quickly she turns into nasty ass bitch I will make your life hell unless you're gonna have this baby for me yeah and you better fucking get pregnant soon right you know and then what's weird is on the side story so now we don't really see um Alexis Bledel anymore 
we're not really getting a lot of time with that, but we do end up getting a little bit of time with Janine. And Janine is the girl yeah. that had been in love with her commander who had been promised that she was going to have a life with him, and she has had this baby, and very quickly, after breastfeeding's done, they then send the handmaid to the next house. Right. Which would be so weird. Not only would that be weird... probably there for about a year. You know what I mean? Like I would say on average, probably. Yeah, because you're not going to get... Like, let's say most likely they don't get pregnant right away. So a couple months, and you're caring for nine months, and you're there for maybe a month or two after. Yeah. A year, year and a half. Yeah. Like, not a long time, and no. what what ends up happening on that is, like, what's very strange is, and we see it with Janine, is that when she gets moved from her commander, whom she believes she's in love with, when she goes to the next house, and they try and do the ceremony for the first time, she freaks out. And whether She's like, get the fuck out of here. This almost dick kicks him. I'm in love with the commander, and the commander's in love with and me. And he's gonna come get me to escape. And, and right and, then we're like... And I think, I don't think her new commander and wife, I don't think they take her seriously. I think they're like, this bitch is just crazy. Yeah, and then very quickly we find out these are all things that this guy had promised her. Yeah. And so the next scene is Alfred's getting woken up, or June. June's getting woken up by Serena Joy. Get out of bed, we gotta go. And she gets driven to this bridge where you've got our crazy little girl with the one eye. Janine. Janine, she's ready to jump, and oh wait, she's holding her child that she has had. Right, and... it's her kid. It's not this right. other fucking woman's kid. Exactly. That's so irritating. And that's, me. and I think that's also the, the hardest part about... Yeah, they're not just surrogates. This is, no, this is their, literally their child. Kid. It's not like, oh, just popping in someone else's egg in there. No, nope. this is hers, and, and it's just, it's so irritating. And then... All that they can do is, as right then, Janine starts outing her commander. I sucked, yeah. my, I sucked your dick, and I, and you told me you were gonna lo- like love me and take the baby, and we were gonna live happily ever blah blah blah. I did all the kinky shit she yeah, wouldn't he do. do. I loved that line, and I, I was like, like, you know, there was some bondage in that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so basically, she's like, yeah, I did all of this for you, and because you then told the me wife I was of go the commander's like, shut the fuck up, and because. With that being out, there's a pile of, like, commanders and the eyes and the SWAT teams and all this stuff or whatever. They're all sitting there listening to this and, like, this guy's going to be fucked after this yeah. happens. So, of course, June comes in and has a conversation with her where she starts telling her, we're going to go out we're going to have a life after this and it's going to be okay. And Sydney and I were watching this and we were like, this girl's got to kill herself. Yeah. Like, there's no out at this point. Right. If she, You've done the worst sin in society is put in danger the child. Even if she gives, before we saw the culmination of that scene, we were like, even if she gives that baby to June and saves the baby's life, if she doesn't kill herself, she's She's fucked. dead. She's yeah. fucked. There's no way. And obviously that baby would have died by that fall, so that would have been right. it anyway. But it doesn't matter. So June talks her out of it and basically says, you need to do everything for your daughter now. Yes. This is all for your daughter. Yes. This Everything's for your daughter. And Janine's like, okay, hands the baby and jumps. And yeah. we were like, yeah. yeah. We And we like Janine. We're like, you're crazy, 
but you were promised false things and you had to give up your kid and I probably would be insane too. You need to jump. Yeah, and maybe you would have... She didn't have family. She didn't have anything. No. She had nothing to live for other than maybe someday it'll get better. And maybe you should have believed that your commander really wasn't going to leave his wife in this society for you, but besides the point. Yeah, she decides to jump. We think that's a good idea and on her way down we said she better kill herself. She better die. And she doesn't. Nope. And she's in the hospital, hospital bed and uh, basically we, you know, then Serena Joy on the plus side here finds out that Commander Joe's been having his little cake and eating it too. Um, well, probably eating her pussy, but more, more often than not there. You think he does? Yeah. Why not? I don't know. I think he goes to town. So <laughs> I'm just going to say this. She comes in, basically finds her robe has makeup on it that wasn't her makeup, obviously. Must have been June's makeup because there's no other woman that's even around my husband. And, um, yeah, no. Immediately bitch slaps her right into a goddamn door frame, makes her bleed all over the fucking place, and then forces her to take a pregnancy test where she finds out right there she's pregnant with, no, it couldn't be Commander Joe's baby, because Commander Joe, I don't think, has any, uh, swimmers. So it must be fucking Nick's baby. Up the driver. It's Nick's baby. So, basically, she has to get her shit together and calm down, and the wife is like, oh, thank God for this, thank you for, we prayed for this, and she's like, and Jin's like, do you really think I prayed to bring a kid into this house? And you're just like, That was such a great line. It was so good. That was so amazing, because through this first, a lot of the things that they say at the beginning of this series that you hear less of as the season goes on, you hear, blessed are the meek. Uh, fuck the meek, okay? Yeah. The meek don't get shit done for them. Yeah. And kill June the starts off very, very meek, and as she learns more about the resistance and is aware that her husband is still alive and everything... And she like, wants to help. She wants yeah. to fight. There's other handmaids have yeah. made it clear there is an underground system going on here, and if you want in, you let us know. And she wants in. And at the beginning of the pilot... Yeah. Uh, no, at the beginning of the season finale... We, she said a line that we both like. She said, if they didn't want us to be an army, they shouldn't have given us uniforms. Oh! And that was so great was because... so fired up. You know, what the point of having a uniform is it collects a, you into a group that yeah. you all experience the same thing. Yeah. So June knows every other person that's dressed like her is going through the same, same shit thing. she's going through every single month. So she finds out she's pregnant, and then immediately she has that... Okay, this is what you need to do. You need to go back to Jezebel's, and you need to go get this package. And so she somehow coerces the commander to get there, and fucks the commander, and then the commander's like, I know why you wanted me here. And she's like, you fucking do? And then she's like, he's like, I know you have a friend. Yeah. And Moira comes in, and Moira's pissed. Why are you back here? What are we doing? Why are you being stupid? What's going on here? And the commander goes to take a shower, and Moira's basically talking to her like, you need to stop doing what you're doing. And June's telling her, you don't understand. We know Luke's alive. We, like, we have to fight. There's a resistance. We need to get out. All this stuff. And Moira's like, you need to fucking stop. Yeah. And basically is like, leaves her. Right. And, and I don't know how you... I don't know. How would you take... Yeah. How would, because like, if that had been us... Yeah. And let's say I'm June and you're Moira and you're telling me you need to fucking stop this. Because you are my best friend and my p- 
previous life. Part of me believes you're telling me that because you're looking out for my best interest and yeah, you just want me to survive. Tough, and then another part of me is like, have you just fallen off the wagon? Have you lost hope? There's right. no way to tell at no. this point. And you don't know what Moira knows or what Moira's seen. But June tells her to fuck off. Yeah, June says fuck off, which I hope you would too. Yeah. And I, I was with that too. And I understand why she says what she says. And she wants her to not, please be careful, don't do this, don't be stupid, all this stuff. And it's so aggravating to watch like that relationship is like I never get to see you and I need you to leave yeah you know what I mean and it's just like it's it's so it hurts me so much and um I this is what's interesting is then from there um you know you're like okay so she's now she's pregnant and now she's got some sort of power. Because when you're pregnant, they can't really touch you. Right. You know, because they just want that kid to come out so safe that you kind of get luxury of that. And so everyone in the house is super excited that she's pregnant. And Serena Joy's like, bitch, ah. you just you just fucked my... Like, like goes to the husband, Commander Jones, like, um, she's pregnant. And I'm, I'm a thousand percent sure it's not yours. Like, yeah, that's basically is, what she says offhand. Right, and it's it, it, that's a very interesting point because the women in Commander Joe's life seem to be on to the fact that Commander Joe's swimmers are not Michael Phelps. The women in Commander Joe's life, I'm pretty sure, run the show. Commander Joe is seems to be kind of incompetent. I don't know if he's incompetent. I think his wife is much smarter than he is. I think... That, I believe. I think his wife helped him devise this plan of this government and society, and once this society took place, she could not be in control of it because she's a woman. And I feel like she, between the two of them, is the one that buys into everything this society says. This woman was a powerful woman. Uh, she wrote books. I think books. in the she book was... she's a gospel singer, too. Like, it's okay. something like that. Like, she's way more connected to God. Okay. Um, and, and they're very God-oriented when you see their life beforehand. You know? Right. It's, like, it, it is. Like, let's show pray about having sex having and we're gonna, and, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. Um, but it's, what's interesting is that her, his wife, in a very offhand way, says, it's not fucking your kid. And... Then when June goes into the commander's office and he's like, I heard congratulations are in order. Is it mine? And June says, of course. And he's like, you're so good at that. Yes. And it's what's so powerful about that is he knew she was lying about, I don't think Commander Joe's a dumb man. Okay. I think he buys in to things because almost it's what's expected and he knows of what's going to help him out and benefit him. But he knows, or he thinks he knows, why he want why she wanted to go back to that hotel, and he knows that she's lying, even though his wife says it in an offhand way. Like, I think he's more on to her than yeah she believes. But I don't think he's going to do anything um, to stop her actions because, as we saw with Janine's commander, he gets his arm cut off. Yeah, for for committing basically adultery at that point. And what's interesting is from there, everyone's celebrating the fact that she's pregnant, and Nick finds out she's pregnant and has a moment where he puts his hand on her stomach and she holds his hand, and Serena Joy walks in and sees that moment, and Nick doesn't flinch 
He's no. like, this is the moment that I'm going to have with my kid, and it's my kid. And, and I know it, and you made us do this, so you're going to let this happen. Right, and, like, even if she chose to lash out in any sort of way, like, again, Nick is an eye. Yeah, which and, she has, nobody knows that in right. the house. And other than it. June. June knows that, and that's it, and it's so dangerous. And it's powerful, though, because even if Serena Joy chose to lash out in any way, the fact that her husband, Nick, knows that June and Commander Joe had been to Jezebel's and had been doing yeah. some off-color things. Yes. Um, Commander Joe would be fucked. No, I know. There's so, so there's many, there's so Nick many things up so all the much power. power. <laughs> so much power, and he just fucking drives them and watches the girl that he's in love yeah. with and his child um, get swayed around. So what's then the darkest moment I actually was, think of this, this season rough. is Serena Joy takes June in the car, drives her to this place, she gets out, June stays in the car, she walks up to the stairs of a church, opens the door, and out comes Hannah, June's daughter. And she's alive, and she's older, and she's beautiful, and Serena Joy talks to her for a few minutes as June begins to lose her shit. She's locked in the car, so she she can't. can't get out. This is the moment that you thought your kid could be dead, you don't know. You've had all these thoughts. You think of her every second of every day, and here she is. She's 35 feet away, and she can't see her. Yeah. And it is the hardest scene in that entire show, and she just rips apart that car. Yeah. And she just freaks out. And so then daughter goes away. She comes back and sits in the front seat with the partition in between, and June begins to just unravel herself on her. And Serena Joy says, if you keep my baby safe, I'll keep yours safe. And June can't do it. No. She just she loses, loses her, shit. her shit. And just is like the nastiest things you could ever say to a person. And they're all true. Yeah. They're all true. Yeah. And it's the worst. And, and it's such a jarring scene. And she kind of seems to lose all hope. Um, and then she gets to, um, the store and she's ordering her food like every other day and the butcher slides her her meat and also another package. Yeah. And you then get a moment where she runs around the corner and opens the package and there's a, opens the note and the note on the package says from Moira, you know, like, hey bitch kind of thing. Yeah. Like, here's the package, here's bitch. Here's the package, package bitch. Be praised, bitch, yeah. is what she said. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, blessed, it's blessed be the fuck you, bitch. <laughs> like, it was just one of those lines. And, and we know that Moira hasn't given up. Right. And very quickly we see that Moira's on the run. Yeah. And she has stabbed one of the commanders or one of the guys that she was fucking um, at Jezebel's. Steals Take it, his steal, car. Steals a car, a uniform. And is on her way to Canada. Drives. Now, the, Oof. the next thing we see is June on her bathroom floor, and she decides, even though she was told, don't open this package, she she's like, fuck, it. I'm opening this package. And what she sees are notes from every handmaid, I would assume. I think so. That um, their name, where they came from, the date they got they abducted. children, that they, they had, had family, yeah. any of these. Um, that they don't know where they are, they just want to be remembered somehow. Meanwhile, fucking Moira, wrapped in a blanket, running through the snow like a goddamn superstar. And I'm like, you better go, bitch. You gotta reach Canada. Gets into the goddamn farm, checks the goddamn truck license plate, Ontario, Canada. She's done. She's good. She's made it. And she makes it to a kind of 
Welfare, refuge, something, background thing. Um, And they get her the help that she needs, basically. And then we're with June, and June kind of has this look of hope, like, there's other people with me on this. Right. And we go back to that idea, that line, if you didn't want an army, why did you give us matching uniforms, you know? And they're ready to go, and you're like, this is going to happen. And so we lead into seeing what happens to Janine. Wait, time out with with Moira when they that's get on, into yeah that's after oh okay that's the very end we're at the end of nine oh you see we're oh, at yeah, nine yeah, I yeah, yeah. The okay so then I see. she has to do that whole yes. thing and say no and then yes I see we got it yeah okay I forgot those two blended together I know that's why I was like <laughs> so we're with Janine and Janine's ultimate moment is that everybody and all the handmaids stand in a circle holding a stone as they're about to stone. Janine to death for her actions of almost killing a baby. Which really has to be one of the worst fucking ways to go. I would think so because it would take so long. Yeah. It would take so long. It would hurt so much. And you're looking at every person that you have basically felt a connection with, loved, feared, everything for the last three years. Yeah. So what happens is once... Janine is shackled in the middle of the circle of handmaids, and each of the handmaids have a stone in their hand. Uh, Aunt Lydia is like, okay, girls, blows the whistle, tells them Goes to go. Down. And one of the handmaids steps up. We don't know her name. I don't think we've this ever... This is... S- yeah. No, that's... What's it called? That's, um... That's, that's a prostitute that's, one? That's the shopping partner. That was the prostitute? The shopping partner. I did not recognize yeah. her without her wings. Off-blend. Off, yes, the new off The prostitute she goes up and some she's the one that's like, I'm not doing this. And one of those this is fucking wrong. guys with those fuck? AK-47s hits her in the fucking face and drags her away. Let me tell you, this bitch got rocked by the butt of that gun. Oh, this was fucked. But then June steps up and you've got Aunt Lydia over here going, no, 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 runs down. Right, because... Doesn't want her to get hit in the face. Her problem is... Don't hurt these women that are possibly carrying children. And she's and responsible for them. And if they die, if they get shot, fucked. what happens to her? We so can't tell, and I don't know with Aunt Lydia, I can't tell if she cares about these girls. If she, I think she does, but at the same time, does it, is it about herself? Who is this woman? What is right. she about? Where is her family? Right. She's not an older woman. Like she, she probably had grown kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, and like, if that's the case... Um, it's hard to say, like, with her, because if she had grown kids, like, we understand that there was a war between Gilead, this new society, and the United States. What if one of the off ma- what if one of the handmaids is her daughter? That'd be interesting. Ooh. Like, what Ew. if it was just one of them that we see that has some lines, but we don't really know her very well in season two, we find out very quickly. And it would that. be That'd very be interesting. interesting to see if we rewatched it now with this idea of what if they are. It would be interesting to see, is she partial to one of them, and is... More lenient with the way that's she treats them. just a theory. Them. I don't really know if that's that true. That would be interesting that's to cool. look at. No, it's just an interesting scene. And then, you know, that whole thing happens. And, you know, Aunt Lydia comes over to, like, protect her children almost. These women that she's cattle prodded for the last ten episodes. And then June's like, I'm sorry, nah. Aunt Lydia. Drops the stone. And one by one, they all start dropping the stone. And you see very quickly Aunt Lydia has no power in the situation and says... You will all be punished. Go home. Yeah. And they all follow uh, June. June right out. Down the street. Oh, my God. I got so pumped. And so she's walking down the street, 
and basically makes her way home. And we are in Canada with Moira. And at the refugee center, uh, the person that's kind of helping her out, giving her clothes, giving her health insurance, giving her money, is saying, do you have any family here or anyone that if they get here, we can text you when they arrive safely? And she's like, no, I don't have anyone. And so as she's walking down this hallway, she sees Luke. And she Uh. runs up to him and she's like, how did you know I was here? And he's like... You're on my list. You were on my list, so they texted me. And Luke is June's husband, obviously. Right. And um, she's like, you put me on your list of people to contact, like, family. Like, and they have this very uh, emotional moment where they hug. And it's you really... You know the, they're, they're going to be okay together. And it's the first familiar face he sees. Like, obviously years. he makes friends with the, the yeah, but scoundrel years. people. But, yeah, I mean, this is his... And, he's, and what, what we know is that she's going to have so much information yeah. about what's going on to June. Because she was there for at. so long. You get the sense that the people who escaped escaped pretty early on when yeah. things were still kind of getting sorted out and yeah. everyone was there trying was to get their ducks to in a get row. Out. Um, and that's insane. And then nothing is more spectacular and insane than the very last scene of the season. And I think this is the way to end it. I would have not, I, I'm telling you, I thought it was going to end with Moira gets out, we're thinking there's going to be hope, but she's sitting there in her house, and the girl in the box, you know, she's yeah. the ballerina in the box, and she needs to get out. And then all of a sudden, you've got, you know, Nick comes in and just says to her, trust me. Yes. Go Play with cool. Them. Trust me. Trust me. That's it. And here comes the fucking guys at the Acorn 47s, pulling her out. She's got this nothing smile, like just a smirk on her face. And what? And little by little, Serena Joy's like, "Where are you going? What's going on?" You've got the the nurse, like the the cook, right. the maid. She's standing there, and June lives, leans in and says something to her. We don't hear it, and she goes down the stairs. And Serena Joy's like, "Tell her, tell me where you're taking her." And Commander Joe's like, "I want to see some papers right, because we learn earlier in this in the series that they the handmaids find out they're pregnant." Because a van comes to their house and the government checks. Now, Serena Joy had bought a pregnancy test off of the black black market. market. And so she was able to find out earlier that um, June is pregnant. And so the government doesn't know that June is pregnant. Therefore, they don't care that they're taking her and going to punish her. That was a good note because I didn't even think about that. But that's true. So then they go to take her. And June's thinking in her head... When he, she sees the cars, they're coming for me. I drop the stone. No one knows I'm pregnant. Right. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Fuck it. I'm right. glad to have done it. I don't even care. This is the last time I'm going to wait for them to show up, and the, here they are. Yeah. And Nick's like, trust me. And she's got this look on her face like, all um, right. I have no choice. And she even says that. She does. She has no, there's no point. As she's getting in the van at the end, she's like, I'm choosing to put my faith in strangers. Yeah. It's either I'm going to die right here. Cool, better than being in that house, right. or maybe I'm about to escape, and I have no idea. And let me tell you, that next like scene of that when she comes on the stairs, I'm so fired up. And you see the the maid go into her bathroom yeah. and get and see the package full of letters, and you feel as though she has now spread the hope in that house, and she's slowly spreading the hope in the society with the handmaids. Right. And little by little, things are gonna turn. Now, as soon as this uh, season ended, as soon as the final scene, 
wrapped, we looked at each other and I said, Steve, realistically, how long do you think this show has to go? Yeah, and I do agree with you, though. Like, I say three seasons because I think they could string it out. Now, where it ended today makes me think it's what you said, too. Now, what what's weird is this is such, this show killed this show was That's amazing. That's why I think three. It was a riot. But even that, only three seasons seems it's short. So but heavy. so much happens, and it is so heavy. And in ten episodes, I mean, this is going to be the longest episode to date, and it was only ten episodes, and yeah. so much happened. So within one more season, so much can happen. And even though yeah. this this show took the media and today's pop culture by storm, I would hate to see it get drawn out for the sake of making money and would much rather see a very solid, concise, and well-rounded story. Yeah. Even if it ends in two seasons. No, I agree. Um, The next one, though, as I'm looking at the IMDb page of uh, this series, the first season is 10 episodes, and it looks that season two is going to be 13 as the total amount of episodes is 23. We'll see. So we're looking I'm so at pumped. three more. It was fun to watch a whole show like this. Like, you know. It was, and it was kind of the same as, like, Big Little Lies, and because that was only 10 and it was a full story, it was very easy to binge through that. And I think Big Little Lies is, like, seven. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's less? It's okay. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Those episodes, though, like, I think they're about the same length, around, like, 52 minutes or so. Yeah. They seemed a lot longer. Once you get past the horrors, that is the pilot episode of The Handmaid's Tale, and you give yourself three weeks to decompress, <laughs> then, then it's an easy Then it's binge. great. Because you then accept what the society is, and you right. decide to continue And on. I think that was the hardest part for me, at least, was, like, what was scariest to me is that I, I'm a rather cynical and pessimistic human, and what was scary to me is as much as they tried to play this off as a dystopian future, it seemed to me that this could have been... Um, Ten years in front of us right now? I was going to say one or two. Yeah. Um, the issue that I have is we learned, and we'll wrap this up, but what we learn is that this, this society, this Gilead government was not anything, and then they bombed Congress, and then they bombed the executive branch, and then they took out the judicial branch. I'm telling you, once they fucking bombed Congress, my ass would have been yeah, on a I'd have been plane. gone. I'd have been gone. I'm going to England. Fuck my job. They just bombed Congress. I'm like, going to England. I'm out. I'm getting as far away from America. You gotta have a little bit of money in your account at all times, so that way you can just do that. Right, and and what they show is that after they bomb Congress, and they're showing kind of this dismay that's falling apart as the government is falling, is that all the women and all the companies are forced to leave. Like the companies are forced to fire them. Yeah, I'm telling you. If that didn't set off any alarm in your head... I'd have been gone so quick. Yeah. No, and I'm not one to be like, no, the world's this, and I don't know this, but like, if all of a sudden all the women were getting kicked out, that'd be it. I think at that they point, They did it though, in like a three-day part. Like, it was literally like, you kicked them out of the jobs, they told them they couldn't go here, and all of a sudden, nobody could leave. Right, and, and that's what I think. I think they bombed Congress first to show like, okay, we're in charge now. 
the problem is by the time they're making you quit your job, it's too late to leave. Yeah, They've already decided you're not allowed. As soon uh, as they take out your govern the law-making branch of your government, as soon as they do that, yeah. you're not safe anymore. You They've run. decided your rules and your laws don't matter. I'm not even going to try to call you if that happens, because God knows you'll already be on a flight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, sorry, bitch, hope CNN buzzes your phone at all hours of the night, because I would probably give you a courtesy text like, run, go, anywhere, not here. Please. Run, hashtag handmaids. Yes. That's going to be the message, because we need to be cryptic, because God forbid they're, like, tapping our phones or something. Yeah. Run, Run hashtag, hashtag handmaids. It's done, okay? Done. Okay. Well, follow us, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That got really weird. We might, uh, if this ever happens soon, we will be posting the same message to our Facebook and And you Instagram. should get that. So if you follow us, maybe you'll have a leg up. Yes. Follow us at YTTM Podcasts for all of your dystopian future prerequisites. Absolutely. Um, we'll be back with you in two weeks two weeks i'm stevie i'm sydney and you just listen to you talking to me bye see ya